0: Let's hit it. <laughs> Booty Hoot Productions presents the Sports Deli Podcast, where everyone deserves a seat at the table, where we discuss the intersection between race and sports, mental health, leadership, and equality. To find out more about the Sports Deli Podcast, check us out online at thesportsdelipodcast.com. And now, whether you're folding laundry, driving, exercising, or cooking, Grab your favorite deli sandwich or bagel and your favorite beverage, and let's do this together in the sports deli. Auntie, take us away. All right. All right. On this 22nd day of Military Family Month, we welcome Chris Singleton. His incredible mother, Sharonda Coleman Singleton, a hugger and a pastor, was unfortunately taken from us too soon in the Charleston church shooting. Chris called it unthinkable and the darkest moment of his life because she was taken from him because of the color of her skin. But he used her death to become an inspirational speaker and write his new book, Different, which is a beautiful book that teaches kids that differences, whether through race, nationality, gender, and more, are something to accept and celebrate. You can find him on Instagram and Twitter at C, the letter C, singleton underscore two, where he has almost 40 five <laughs> that's what blows my mind all the time 45,000 followers and on instagram at loveyourneighborhood, neighborhood just like it sounds and at loveyourneighborhood.com and at chrissingleton.com where he shares his message with over 60 organizations annually and his clients include boeing the houston texans microsoft volvo the washington wizards and more and you can buy some of his amazing gear, also. I might add. So, Chris, can't thank you enough, man. So you were in the South growing up. So, 25, you look like you're still 16, uh, but I'm sure you hear that all the time. Got that baby face. So, how how was it? Because uh, this is always interesting. Because I was integrated in fifth grade in Detroit. So, how was it for you, uh, being in the South? Uh, you know, as a do you identify as as African American or a person Absolutely. in the black and brown? Yeah. Yeah. How, how was it uh, growing up and, and what kind of support system did you have?
1: Yeah, man, it was I mean, for me, I was I was pretty privileged growing up as far as being in, in, in and I was born in Atlanta. Had both my parents went to college. Right. Grew up in the suburbs. Right, I didn't miss meals or nothing like that. But I loved the sport of baseball hmm. and I always share that in Atlanta where I was at. It, we had all black baseball teams everywhere wow. in Atlanta where I was. Really? Playing. Yeah, man, it was in huge. the 90s no 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 so this yeah 90s yeah and early 2000s wow baseball teams 100 that's fascinating um, were whites allowed
0: or it was just the way it was
1: yeah i mean you, you go to atlanta it's a lot of african-americans that are living there right yeah. so when we talk about baseball and the places where i was living you know this is some suburb suburban areas they're pretty nice areas but you know we had all black baseball teams um that's and i think i had you know one once I started playing travel baseball, then you see not as many African-Americans playing, but we still had an all-black team that was playing travel, um, that we traveled to different places and, and playing. But uh, for me, it's funny that you talk about Detroit. You know, my father is born in Charleston, and his best friend, my godfather right now, his name is Robert Porsche. I'm sure you've heard of who he is. Oh, yeah. Uh, played, you know, defensive end for the, for the yeah. Lions for a lot Heck of years. Yeah. And my dad was... Wow. Would- best friends in college and he's my godfather now super close yeah
0: oh you're gonna be my co-host when he comes on the show (laughs) okay absolutely so let me ask you a question you know my youth coaches impacted me tremendously uh growing up and uh so I'm curious as to know because I want to get into why there's not more African Americans playing baseball I mean I know the obvious reasons um but you know you played at a time where it was popular and now it's not more popular for, for people of color. So w- what were the reasons that you got into it and didn't play, you know, the traditional mainstream sports like football or basketball?
1: You know, for me, man, and I, I'm a young guy, right? Most people look at me and they, they say how young I am, but yeah. you know, I, I, another thing about me, I lost both of my parents pretty young. So I, you know, have been taking care of my brother and my sister uh, They're in they're in college now. And so, wow. You know, I've had to grow up pretty quick. Uh, Married with two kids, right? Uh, To my high school sweetheart. Um, Damn young, right? Born in the 90s. And for me, I think when I was playing baseball, I played all sports. It wasn't just, hey, pick a sport and stay there. It was baseball, basketball, football. uh, You know, the three main ones that we we play. And so I was playing all three as a kid. Wow. Um, I've seen nowadays, a lot of parents are hyper focused on, you know, hey, he plays, this is what he trains year round on, right? This this particular right. sport. Yeah. Um, another thing for me, recreate, rec ball was was huge, and I think over the last 15 years or so, rec ball has become, you know, started to dwindle, unfortunately. Talking about basketball? No, baseball. Oh, baseball, baseball too. Yeah, man. I don't be- even.
0: I didn't even know it exists. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I don't even know. Yeah, there's. It's all organized and it's so different now.
1: Yeah, used to, You know, used to be when I was coming up, it was rec baseball and they just started travel. When I was in, you know, middle school was when I really started going hard with travel baseball. Um, but in the back, you know, they used to just play recreation. You'd have uh, legion teams. You'd have right. Uh, you know, Connie Mack. Yeah, you, Pee Wee baseball, that kind yeah. of stuff. Dixie Majors, all that, all that kind of stuff that you'd play. Um, little leagues. There's not even a lot of people. Little leagues are going away now, unfortunately, which is which is sad to see. It is. Uh, we, see, we see the little league world series, but we don't see the numbers of little leagues that are stopped. They stop playing because of all the travel baseball that's happening now. Was um, so that the main reason why you don't see the
0: numbers up uh, especially with people of color, because there's not academies or more clinics or, you know, yeah. introducing grassroots uh, level yeah. kind of things.
1: I think, you know, I, over the last two years, when I stopped playing baseball, um, I've been working with major league and their, you know, diversity, equity and inclusion team, and they're trying to do like small play ball events where they introduce the sport to kids. What you'll see in baseball is what's different than basketball or football is in in football, you're you're given all your stuff, right? You're given your helmet, you you lease your helmet, you lease the pads a lot of times, at least when I was playing Uh, in baseball. Now, you know, a bat costs 200 bucks, right? A glove is a hundred bucks. Uh, you know, spikes, cleats are 50 to 100 bucks. And you can't play by yourself. You know, yeah. in basketball, you just you, you go out there, you can shoot around by yourself and baseball, you need somebody else to be there. And unfortunately, in, in in some neighborhoods, right? It's like, if I need a bunch of other people to play with me, I don't know if I'm playing that I might just go out there and shoot around if I got two other yeah. people with me and play that way. Um, so that's some of the things that we've seen that that make it a struggle. And nowadays, if you're playing baseball, and you're an African American, you can't just play like football. You can get a scholarship from playing high school football, right? Because yeah. there's no travel. There's no, you play seven on seven or whatever. Basketball, yeah. you know, you, you usually play travel nowadays, but if you go off in high school, you still got a chance. Right. Baseball, it doesn't matter in high school unless you're throwing 95, right? Hitting 40 home runs in a season, then you got to play travel baseball, which is too expensive for a person like me. I grew up, you know, after my father struggled with a single mom, single mother of three, we couldn't afford travel baseball. Right. Um, my mom would always say, if you're good enough, they'll see you. Well, unfortunately that's not the case in baseball because college coaches are going to the tournaments where they see 50 right. good players instead of a high school game where they see two.
0: That's interesting. Um, <clears throat> so it seems like major league baseball dropped the ball for two decades. From my perspective. And I grew up in Detroit, right? You know, Ernie Harwell, Paul Carey, announcing the games, Chet Lemon, you know, guys that were right after, you know, uh, the Rod Carews, you know, Ozzy Smith came later. You know, these guys were people that I just like, I was in awe of. Like, I just wanted to be like these guys, you know, Alan Trammell, Lou Whitaker, you know, the, all the Tigers, Kirk Gibson, you know, Dave Rossum, Mark DeBird Fidrich, you know, this. The other stuff was a thing, right? The other sports were a thing, but baseball, it truly was America's pastime. And I think baseball has dropped the ball for the past two decades and there's blame to go all the way around, I think, but, um, you know, to, to recapture two decades is, is difficult. And so where do you think major league baseball needs to go from here? Does Ken, I mean, I, I'm not a fan of Rob Manfred. I gotta be honest with you. And so I know you got to, you know, you got to be smart about things, but uh, I just, uh, I, you know, and look, I give people grace, uh, especially during this pandemic, you know, it's not an easy thing to navigate. These spaces are difficult, but I think it's been more reactionary, uh, than, um, taking action in advance and being forward thinking, you know, that type of thing. And so that's been the frustrating part. Uh, you know, they have their television deals and, you know, that's why people can be paid large sums of money still, as we, you know, approach this collective bargaining you know impasse that we're that we're facing coming up here, but you know wh- where do we go from Does someone like Ken Griffey Jr. need to be the commissioner? Oh, sponsored by PSK. You can find them online at lids.com, pskcollective.com, tjmax.com, walmart.com, and now Coles Department Store at coles.com. And now back to this incredible interview right here in the Sports Desk.
1: Yeah, I like that, man. You, you talk about one of the greatest players of all time, the best swing of all time, if you ask me. Um, At least
0: from the left side of the plate, him and Barry. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: But you know what I think, and man? Tony. Yeah. I was talking about this. Uh, I did a Yahoo interview recently about baseball and the lack thereof and, you know, neighborhoods with kids that look like me. And I think, number one, back when you're the days you're talking about all those players, man, they people knew about them. They were always marketed well, right? We, we knew about them because we'd see them everywhere. Right now, you know, we got players like Tim Anderson that is just tearing it up, but I don't see him on very much, right? I should see him everywhere. A little everywhere. black kid like me growing up and I see Tim Anderson. He's got the swag. It's not like he's, you know, a different person. He looks just like some of the kids that we want to serve in these communities. Tatis. And yeah. Tatis. Well, Tatis is Latin, but you know, I think but still, yeah, no, that makes sense. But I mean, we have no shortage of Latin players. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. We had a shortage of, of black players in, in the sure. league. Um, and even looking at it as a as a as a spectator, you see some darker skinned guys, and a lot of times they're Cuban or Dominican, which is great having them in our game. But you know, one of my one of my goals is to get little black kids from Detroit, from Chicago, from Atlanta, playing baseball. And seeing Tim Anderson uh, on on a billboard or seeing him in a commercial. For, for MLB, man, that would, that would light me up, you know, not just seeing Bryce Harper, of course, and Mike Trout, which are yeah. obviously stars in our sport, but seeing Tim Anderson, seeing uh, Kyle Lewis win rookie of the year out in Seattle, like people right, like right. that celebrating that more uh, would be huge. If you ask me, Is
0: there just apprehension because as you know, people are successful only 30% of the time if they're lucky. And so there's some apprehension as to whether or not, you know, you can, be all in with people until you really know after three, four, five years?
1: Yeah, I think after three, four, five years, you can tell if a player is going to be right. good or not, though,
0: you know? Yeah, for sure. Uh,
1: and in Tim Anderson's case, if if I'm the MLB making a marketing plan, and I think next year they're actually rolling out more stuff targeted towards African-American players, especially in the – I mean, African-American uh, communities, especially in the minor leagues. No, they're doing it in the majors, but the minor leagues, which is even more teams – um, I've seen that they have a plan of, of, uh, doing stuff around people like Larry Doby and Jackie Robinson mm-hmm. and, and, and teaching that in the communities and kind of, you know, pushing that down the pipelines, um, saying, Hey, this is what we want to roll out for you guys to, to, to do in your markets, which I'm looking forward to that they're, they're trying. I see that and that's happening next year, but we'll see how it goes. And if, if it's just something that they just did just to do it or something they're putting resources in and, and a lot of time behind.
0: Do you think pushing longevity could help the younger generation to say, you know, the NFL only has a three-year window, you know, and the NBA is tough, you know, there's only 12 guys on a roster, plus three, uh, but Major League Baseball, there's, you know, whatever, whatever it is, 26 people on a roster, 28, um, and, you know, you, you know, your body's going to be intact when, <laughs> when it's all said and done. Is that something that's, that could be pushed? Is sponsored by Moolah Kicks. Moolah is M-O-O-L-A-H, like money, Moolah. And kicks, like shoes, one word. You can find them online at moolahkicks.com. And it's the first ever female-only brand basketball shoe. So it's a shout-out to the basketball street culture. And it is also about fighting social injustice and gender inequality worldwide and here in the United States. And again, you can find them at Dick's Sporting Goods, where you can find them online at dicksportinggoods.com and at MoolahKicks.com. And now back to this incredible interview right here in the sports deli.
1: Yeah, I definitely think it can be pushed. You know, a lot of times when I was coming up, people would always say, you know, baseball is where, where the money's at, man. You, you know, you, you get big bucks there and it's like maybe that was the case now but basketball they're making a ton of money right yeah, man, like so I money. think representation matters too the reason why I'm so big on the marketing piece is because if I'm a kid seeing King Griffey Jr I, I saw Andrew McCutcheon he was my guy that I wanted to be like right right and I think we need you know I need that he was everywhere for for a little p- period of time and we got to start bringing that back when we have players that are of that you know, caliber of a player. You have to sh- show that to everybody. Longevity is cool. You can you can pitch that, but if I don't see myself in those shoes of somebody else playing that sport, then I'm going to say, yeah, longevity is huge, but that sport's not for me. You you want to see your, somebody looking like yourself doing it. So um, it comes back to just making sure that, you know, people like the Players Alliance, they've done a great job trying to trying to spread that message of kids, kids that look like them can do it. Um, yeah. I think it comes down to
0: representation. Yeah, absolutely. That's a word that I was just going to use as representation. And so I want to ask you about the, uh, the whole all-star game and Bob Nightingale is coming on uh, in a couple of weeks. And I don't always agree with some of the stuff he says, but um, there's been some stuff said, you know, obviously the all-star, for those of you that don't know, the all-star game was pulled uh, from the state of Georgia. Um, and you want to explain that. And then, the, the, you know, then, it, because some people don't necessarily know what happened or why, You know, they pulled it out and there's been a lot of other things that have happened in terms of advocacy with the WNBA and the elections uh, last year in the state of Georgia, which I'm sure you found very interesting that the impact of the women of the WNBA impacted two elections, forced an owner out of the WNBA. And so these are things we didn't see even five years ago. But since the murder of George Floyd, you know, we are seeing a lot more, um, you know, mobilization of uh, whether it's police departments or it may be slow. It may be breadcrumbs, but I definitely see more white allies and more mobilization. How do you how do you feel about that, especially the All Star game in particular?
1: Yeah, I love that the, the, they use the word allies. Um, I frequently say, man, I'm not huge on the on on the cancel culture, but I'm huge on people being held accountable, right? So if there was somebody listening in or a phone was just recording you on accident, and you say some things that that organization um doesn't represent or doesn't want to represent and you get held accountable, I think that's totally fine. You know, I don't want my son uh cheering for a player that I think, you know, has no character. Or or, a coach. (laughs) Yeah, or coach, or, you know, even a a coach or player that wouldn't be cheering for my son because of, you know, the things he said, uh, whether he was supposed to say it on air or supposed to have it in email, whatever it may be. Um there has to be some repercussions because of that, but also teaching in those moments too. And I don't think it should just be the end all be all. Um, But I'll say in cases like, you know, what happened with the all-star game um, cases like players, you know, not wanting to play. um, I think there's two things that are happening. People are, players are realizing how important they are when it comes to more than just their sports. Right. Because you look at LeBron, he's got more followers than the NBA itself by tenfold, right? And so I think that's huge. Um, and I also think that uh, communities are seeing, hey, we, we hold some power. So if we, if we say, you know, we don't stand for this or stand for that, uh, we don't, you, won't, you will lose money. And when you lose money, that's when people start to make changes well, you're not an
0: outlier anymore, right? There's strength in numbers, right? And there's there's been people for decades that have been doing this. Muhammad Ali and Jim Brown and 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 plenty of others. Colin Kaepernick, and then the murder of George Floyd, and it just came to it came to a boil. Obviously, uh, where everybody saw it. Yeah,
1: yeah. I'm gonna be honest. I think that people like uh, LeBron. I remember LeBron, Dwayne Wade, and a couple other players did something. I think it was at the ESPYS or something years right. ago, and they they basically made a stance. And now when you have your biggest and best players taking a stance on different topics and subjects that gives you like, as a player, you think, okay, maybe I can share my truth now because I don't feel like I'll be, you know, blackballed. I may not be at the LeBron level, but man, I feel like I know my voice matters now and I won't just be, you know, shoot away or shut up. Um, although it may happen in players with the G league or whatever may happen, but now players are see- seeing that they have more power and they're using it. I think they should, man. You know, players have so much influence over not just their sport, but over little kids that are listening. And so if you have a, a parent that's been teaching, you know, little Timmy hatred his whole life, but he sees, you know, Derek Carr talking about loving people and coming together.
0: Right. Absolutely. He's going to
1: say, man, I, you know, I hear what my dad's saying, but my favorite player is Derek Carr. And he, he you know, he thinks we should come together as a, as a unit. And that's the kind of player that I, person that I want to be. Uh, there's power in that. And I think players are finally starting to realize and utilize that power.
0: Yeah. And Derek Carr is the white quarterback for the Las Vegas Raiders, for those of you who don't know who that is. So talking about allies. And yeah, that's 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 fascinating. And um, representation you know, is so important. And so, you know, the All-Star game was pulled and then <laughs> Atlanta wins the World Series. Right. And so you have sort of this uh, dichotomy of things going on where they pulled it, but then they're, they're still playing their games there in the world series. How'd you feel about that?
1: You know, I think that, I don't even think that was talked about a lot to be honest with you. The fact fact that they pulled that, but then they allowed them to have the world series. I don't even know what the legal, I don't know. I don't even know if they would be allowed not to play the games there legally. You know what I'm saying? So, um, and I think a lot of fans, they still showed up for those games, you know? Yeah. Um, and so I think there's, there's really, if you, if you say you're going to do something, you got to stick to it. When there was players that said, I'm not – or people that were saying, I'm not watching right. the NFL until this is fixed um, or this is changed, and they actually did so, I think there's power in that. But if we say something and our actions contradict it, then, you know, that's – we're not moving the needle forward at all.
0: Yeah, I've been, you know, I've been critical of, I mean, Aaron Rodgers for obvious reasons recently, but I've been very critical for the last two years since I started this of Tom Brady, you know, and people have come on and necessarily didn't necessarily agree with me, but, you know, like Andre rising came on, you know, and, and said, look, he hands the ball off to a lot of black people. He's got a lot of black people, uh, blocking for him. He's, he's thrown a lot of touchdowns to, to black people. And I'm like, that's great, but he hasn't stood up and said black lives matter publicly and he's got a MAGA hat in his locker. You know, and Jim Trotter said, just stay out of the way if you're not gonna publicly, which his, it's his right. It's anybody's right to not be public about something. You know, but we used to criticize Tiger and Michael Jordan uh, uh, a shit ton for not doing more in their communities. And so I think it's only fair to criticize you know, him, for example, and there's others, um, and there's white allies too, JJ you know, Redick and you know, like Bruce Maxwell was on this show and he was the first African American to kneel in Major League Baseball, and he's taken a hit. You know, he's been traded. He's, you know, you can say what you want about it. He, you know, he was very direct about it and said, you know, I've definitely taken a hit as a result of this, and almost committed suicide. And so, you know, we have to make sure that we're aware of of the um, the byproduct of of these things. And but you're right. I think more people now. Uh, Speak out because of all that. Sports Deli is sponsored by Sport RX, the leader in sport prescription eyewear. You can find them online at sportrx.com, and don't forget to enter the code DELI ten at checkout for your special ten percent discount. And now back to this incredible interview right here on the Sports Deli.
1: Yeah, and I'll also say with with Tom Brady, with the hat, man, I think that was, I think it was disrespectful. You know, I don't. I don't think there is anything, any other way to say that um, in a, in a position of leadership, like you have, you know, number one, you would hate to see that as a black you know, teammate. Uh, I think for me, in my case, man, I've met Tom Brady before, after my mother was killed, the, the Patriots flew me and my brother up to meet all the players. Wow. And you talk about an awesome guy in person who talked yeah. to us for probably 20 minutes and signed the football. You know, I was kind of hurt when I saw that hat in his locker. Um, because he was such a great dude when we met him. So that one kind of stung a little bit, because he's my, you know, my, one of my brother's favorite players. Yeah. Um, but I, I have seen, unfortunately, where people, uh, like I mentioned, not like the LeBron, because you can't do anything to LeBron, but some players that are not of that caliber will kind of take a stance. And they know, right? They know what the repercussions may be, uh, but they're that bold in, in what they're trying to do. So even when I go to speak in different places, like my one non-negotiable is that I have to talk about race. The whole reason why I started speaking because my mother was murdered because she's black, right? And, and people will say, you know, it was an unfortunate thing that happened, but we can't skip over the fact that there was a white dude who wanted to start a race war in this country. So we took nine lives in my church. And some companies they'll say, you know, Chris, we, we, he- we heard you about you from this company or that company, but you know, we're, we're talking about growth mindset. And I'll say, that's great. But this is also what I speak about as my non-negotiable. And sometimes it'll go a different way, but that's just the, the life that you live sometimes when you, when you're committed to a mission that's greater than yourself. So uh, it comes with it, unfortunately.
0: Talk about your mom. What kind of woman hero was man. she? Yeah.
1: Yeah. my I mean, my mother was a track coach. She was a children's church pastor. She was the uh, single mother of three. Um ran track in college, like a college athlete, gave me my athleticism, her and my pops. But, you know, the reason why I do what I do um, is because of her. I don't want there to be another the Roof that that wants to hate me based on my skin color, something I didn't choose, something you didn't choose, right? I don't want that to happen again. And I've seen it happen again, unfortunately. And so now my mission is to stop it from happening. Um, And every day I have this hashtag that I use. I say, you know, hashtag can't let moms down. Um, Mm. Because I've always heard like, you know, it takes a village to raise a child. And now that I'm an adult, got my own family, my own kids, I want people to look at me and say, man, this guy had a hell of a village. And that's my mom. So that's my, that's about my mom.
0: Yeah, that's, that's amazing. She's you know, definitely looking down. Have you had any signs from her? Do you believe in that kind of stuff?
1: I do, man. I, you know, I, I think the first time we were about to have our kid, I had a dream about, um, you know, her holding our son. Um, so I knew as a boy. Yeah. <laughs> That's <laughs> that was fascinating. Pretty, yeah, that was pretty neat. Um, That's incredible. Little, little stuff like that, man. You just start thinking about the memories. It used to become sad moments, but right. now they're just memories. And I celebrate those, those memories when they come.
0: That's cool. Yeah. My father committed suicide. I've talked about this before on the show. People that are listening, first time listeners, uh, my father committed suicide when I was nine and I never got a sign from him, but my, it's a running joke in our family uh, that I've had six dads. Um, It's okay. You can laugh. But so the, the, the last one, the sixth one has sent tons of signs to, to my mom who's still alive, you know, feathers and birds and, exotic birds on the neighbor's roof and like birds in the house and ducks in the pool. I mean, this stuff isn't coincidence. So um, one of the guests that I had on was Stephanie Arnold. So she had worked with Julio Iglesias. She's a producer. And so she had a premonition that she was going to die for 37 seconds. And so she did. And well, the 37 seconds part was not part of it, but she had a premonition she was going to die. And so um, I was in a room with her on clubhouse a social audio app, I'm sure you've heard of it. And so her room is called the Sixth Sense. And mm-hmm. so the room is shutting down after I'd asked a question about my sixth dad in terms of um, shelf life, in terms of can the spirits' uh, messages and signs stop at a certain point or is there no shelf life? And she said, well, if, there, if it's meant to continue and there's still messages to be sent and you know, their purpose is still ongoing, then there is no shelf life. But I had never had a sign from dad number two who committed suicide. And so the, sh- the room is shutting down this evening, uh, this Tuesday evening, and there's something out of the corner of my eye. And I've been going to this dog park for two years since the pandemic, five acres, you know, there's bats and birds, eagles. And so I didn't notice this bird, I just thought it was a bat. So I walked about 20 yards further and the bird followed me and sat right in front of me. And it was an owl, never seen an owl in this neighborhood ever. And my last name's Hootner, right? Hoot Hoot. And um, so then I stopped the room. I said, hold on, don't, don't, don't go. Cause there's 20 second countdown for the sixth sense room on clubhouse. And I told him the story. And then uh, one of the, and there's mediums in there. There's real doctors in there also. And they share stories about, you know, ghosts and spirits and things like that. And some people may listen to this and think it's a crock of shit. Well, and I don't, I, I believe in spirits and, you know, things that happen afterwards that we just don't know about. And one of them back channeled me afterwards and said, that was your dad saying, he's sorry he left the way that he left. And I've never seen him since. And I don't anticipate seeing him ever again. And that was him, you know, needing to have resolution on that. So, you know, things like that are very interesting. I'm glad your mom has sent some signs to, as I digress, but, uh, you know, those types of things I think may help you keep going and continue with your mission. So that's really cool. How are your brothers doing?
1: And I've got a brother and a sister. Oh, brother and a sister. Yeah. Yeah. Like I mentioned, they, uh, you know, I lost my mom, lost my dad about a year later. And I've been kind of looking over them, just being big brother. I try to be father figure. And they were like, Chris, shut up. You know, (laughs) (laughs) I'm just big brother. Um, And they're doing well, man. One's about to graduate and one's a freshman playing baseball in college. So. Wow. That's sick. Absolutely. Can we follow him? Where is he? Yeah, his name's name's Caleb Singleton, and he's at a school called Lander. It's a D2 school in uh, South Carolina. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Let me ask you a
0: question about baseball stadiums, because I I read something about this, and I thought it was interesting. Uh, Detroit built their stadium in downtown, and Atlanta didn't. Atlanta built theirs sort of in the suburbs. Do you think that was a mistake? Deli is sponsored by City Lokes, C I T Y L O C S. You can find them online at citylokes.com where you can go and make your own personalized license plate hats. They're so cool. You got to check them out. And don't forget to enter the code THE Sports Deli at checkout for your special 10% discount. And now back to this incredible interview right here in the Sports Deli.
1: I do think it was a mistake, man, if I'm going to be honest. You know, I. I saw a running joke. It was like, Hey, it was on, it was on Instagram. It said, Hey, I'm going to the Braves game. And, you know, a lot of people from the urban communities are like, all right, let's go to Turner field. Right. And they're thinking they're going down, you know, five minutes down the road. So they realize I think it's in Marietta now, which is, you know, a ways out. So um, yeah, I think anytime a stadium can be in that community, right? If we call it the Atlanta Braves, it needs to be in the heart of Atlanta, if you ask me. So uh, yeah, I think it was a mistake. Uh, The reasons behind it, I'm sure there were great reasons behind why they did it or, you know, the land was X amount or whatever. Yeah. So I think there's reasons, but I do think it was a mistake if you ask me.
0: Yeah, it's a bummer. Um, Mental health, uh, taboo subject, maybe not as much as it used to be. What was your experience with mental health? Um, in the minors and, you know, do you see major league baseball taking the right steps to, to help uh, professional athletes?
1: Yeah. I, I think for me, man, there was about two years after my mother was killed. I didn't go to a therapist. You know, I was one of the people that said, Hey, I'll just use my sport as my getaway. Um, we hear that oftentimes, but it's not our sport. It's just, it's the success in our sport that we're getting away at. Right. Um, I realized that when I started struggling in my sport and said, man, this ain't, this isn't a getaway anymore. Um, but I think what I could speak on is the Cubs. So the Cubs offer is they actually had a a therapist that would come for free that you could go to Mm. not just a mental health, not just a mental skills coach, right. Or, or a performance uh, coach. It was a, an actual mental health therapist that was, uh, at your expense, right. Whenever you wanted to, Mm. I started going once a week when I was playing in the minor leagues. And that's one of the reasons why I love the Cubs because not every team is doing that. Not every team is putting resources. Yeah. Shit. Not every team is putting resources in their minor leagues. Uh, they'll have their mental skills coach, but they won't have like a licensed therapist. Um, but the Cubs did. That's why, you know, I, I love that they did that. Um, yeah. And it's, it's huge for me. And I think a lot of, you know, I spoke to a team recently, the Marquette's basketball team, I think a couple of years ago when they had a big time player who kind of took a small break from his sport. Um, and, you know, he just got his mental health in check and, end up coming back and having a great having great success but it's huge man it's tough when people are cursing you out and screaming at you every single day and they think cuz you make a little bit of money then you're not a you're not you're not a man you know i remember in my life uh just being destroyed I, and i lost both of my parents and i'm hanging on to this sport like this is all i got and you have people just tearing you apart and uh yeah it's rough the way i well, raised my kids i'll, I'll never let them Uh, scream and degrade a player because that's a real human being you can talk about talk good about your team right Cheer them on. but I will never let my sons curse out a player you know talk bad about their family you know humiliate try to humiliate them and I know people say it comes with the territory or it doesn't there if you if you sucked at your job sending emails every single day you know for a year straight you would hate it just like they hate going into work, sucking every single day too. So what if they get paid $5 million? People want to still take their own lives. They don't care about the money when it's that tough and when they're in that deep of a hole. So that's just the way I raise my kids and the way that I teach players when I do camps and stuff. I always let them know that even though we see these celebrities, these stars, these athletes, they're human beings like everybody else.
0: Yeah, that's definitely to be applauded. I remember when uh, Shay Hillenbrand came on our show, you know, he talked about his journey to, you know, almost killing himself, but an identity thing where the only thing he knew, you know, former major league baseball all-star, you know, playing in Boston, you know, and, and he had no idea who he was until he almost killed himself, you know, and he met his new wife and, and he found himself. So, you know, um, and in the black and brown community, it's different too, right? I, mean, I imagine you're still either roasted or it's taboo, you know, yeah. to, 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 to a lot of people. So that's problematic also.
1: Well, you think about it most times, you you, you know, like what, you, you know, people say, Hey, I'm a, I'm Chris, I'm a baseball player, right? You know what you do. You don't know who you are. I'm sure you've heard that. But also it's like, once you stop playing as a, as a, you know, as an African-American, you work, especially growing up and in, in wanting to provide for your family, the way that most kids from urban neighborhoods do, it's like when you work right. your whole life to be able to accomplish something and you, and you get there and you play for some years, let's say you play three years, right? In the NFL, once you're done playing, you have no idea who you are. You've worked for 17 years straight, working out every single day so you can provide your, for your family by, from the sport of football. You know nothing else. That's all you are. And so you can see why people have identity crisis because you know they've worked their whole life to play in the NFL. They play there for two years. And then it's like, well, well what's next? And that's where we see We'll get in trouble. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And then while they're playing, you know, I don't know if it's still going on, but sports illustrated reported where if you report mental health issues that you're not, you're not going to be paid if you're placed on the injured list. So now you got to lie about stuff, you know, and, you know, Ryan Thompson you had an emotional breakdown for the Rays. Right. And there have been others, you know, we're going to bring another one on the show. Uh, Lonnie Murray's a good friend of mine, Dave Stewart's wife. And Dave Stewart was on the show as well. And, you know, we, you know these, these things are important. If someone's listening to this for the first time, even though I've talked about it probably 115 times on this show, it's important that people get educated at the different layers of either systemic racism or what culturally is different from us because otherwise you can't uh, get from a point, a, a point of privilege to truly being anti-racist or, you know, understanding how other walks of life actually live you know, being empathetic and sensitive to those things.
1: Another thing I, I think it'd be, it'd be good to touch on here is I was speaking to an NBA team. I was like, I'll speak to the, the Washington Wizards. Yeah. And, you know, when I did like a question and answer, one of the players said, Hey, Chris, you know, sometimes I feel like that people are cheering for me uh, when I'm playing and they're also praying that I don't date or marry their daughter the next day. And he said, it's a catch-22 because you, you have people that you think support you, but if you're not wearing that jersey, if you're just in, on the streets, they're hoping that you won't get at their daughter. They're hoping that you don't marry and, and, and create a family with their, their, their offspring. So I think it goes to say, man, we've got a lot of work to still be done. People what do cheering. you say
0: to that? Yeah. What do you say to that? What's your response? You it's just listen? True. Well, no, I know it's true, but what, I mean, what do you say to that for them to break down the walls you know, if that ever happens to, to see that they're more alike than they are different?
1: Well, number one, I, I try to figure out why in the world does he, he hate the fact that he, he might have a mixed kid, right? Right. And I think a lot of times people have a story behind their stance or on w- what that may be. Maybe he was, he grew up the wrong way, but obviously you got to break the system somewhere. And I've seen in a lot of places, man, we talk about being an ally, but, you know, being an ally means, Hey, I, I wouldn't mind if, you know, my, my, my son or daughter dated somebody of a different race, or maybe of a different faith, you know, it's it's growing. I know it's, you know, people's morals are their morals. But, you know, you want to love people and loving people to me means, hey, I want to grow and not just have friends, but also family that look different than me. Um, and that's just one of my missions as well. You know, I, I've i got a, a a wife that's from Brazil. She's got a white mom, a black dad from Brazil. And she's teaching me stuff I didn't even know about slavery in Brazil, all these things I had no clue about. So, the more we can be around people that are different than us, the more we can grow and, and, uh, change that line of thinking. So hopefully that guy didn't have the opportunity to meet somebody, uh, truly intentionally engage with them. And then, uh, you know, hopefully he'll stop cheering for him on on Sunday and, right. and hating, hating them on Monday.
0: Well, I think you, you said it best in passing, you know, you have to have conversations with people that don't look like you and you have to be a conscious and be deliberate, uh, and, Really, you should be white at this point because it's not a black issue or a brown issue. It is a white issue uh, because the country is still run by whites. Um, You want to talk about your book?
1: Yeah, man, it's it's uh, children's books that I'm yeah. writing, and they're mainly for, you know, I I probably speak at 40 or so uh, middle schools, high schools, elementary schools a year. That's so cool. And it's all about unity, man. So your kids. I don't know if you got kids, but if you have yeah. kids and you know, I'm talking about how we can come together, live in harmony. And I never felt comfortable sharing with like elementary school students how my mom was taken away. I just said, no, nah, that's not my place to take their innocence. Mm-hmm. And so that's where the children's book came up, came about. Uh, people like Steph Curry supported it, Viola Davis, mm-hmm. um, Mar- Marishka Hargate, and then the Obama Foundation. They basically got behind my little self-published book, oh. and pushed it. And they, helped me. Ah. they helped me out a ton uh, to create impact um, on so many people knowing about it now.
0: Oh, let's get to the rapid fire and then I'll leave the stage for you, man. Great chopping it up. Um, the real Chris Singleton. Okay. Uh, Ken Griffey Jr., Mickey Mantle, or Willie Mays? Uh, Ken Griffey Jr. I love it. Should Pete Rose be in the Hall of Fame? Yes. So should Barry Bonds. Yep. One rule change that you would make in baseball if you could. One
1: rule change. Ooh. Ah, man. I'd never say electronic strike zone, so definitely not that rule. But – Is a way to speed it
0: up so it's more interesting?
1: I'd say less time where players are doing 40 different things after the pitch. I think two or three is needed, yeah. right, to kind of reset. Yeah. But a coach of mine said that would help us out a ton, and I, I think he's right. Who's the best player you ever uh, faced? I'll say the hardest pitcher I ever faced is – is this guy, uh, where is he from? Dayton, right. It's from Cincinnati. Hunter Green, I believe his name was. He threw 101. Wow. And, uh, yeah, so that's, that's pretty quick. Is there a difference between 101 and 95? Anything over 96 is super fast. Uh, so yeah. I'd say 96 is the, the mark where it's like anything over that's fast. But you know what's harder? Seeing 95 with some sync is way right. harder than seeing one-on-one straight. <laughs>
0: I faced one pitcher in the 90s in high school. I bet 380 my senior year. And, and, and in the district playoffs, this guy was throwing heat. And I barely got my bat on it. And it was a seeing eye single to right field. But, you know, I was just a contact guy. You know what I mean? Like, uh, but, man, that it was so fast. I couldn't even believe it. Like, the other, I think I fouled three pitches off o- over the first base dugout. <laughs> I barely got around it. I mean, it's, yeah. oh, my God.
1: Baseball's evolving, man. People are throwing harder and harder and harder, like, every single day.
0: Yeah, that's crazy. Okay, better food in which city that you've been in?
1: Uh, I'll say Kansas City. Wow, really? There's good food there. There's good food in Charleston, where I'm at right now, if you like seafood. Man,
0: oh, man. You come out to San Diego, it's on me. There's a place called Crab Hut. Oh, my God. I went <laughs> to the Final Four in Dallas in 2017, the Women's Final Four, and there was a place there that was, I don't remember the name, but it <laughs> seafood is my favorite. Uh, what's harder... What's harder to hide, Vaseline sandpaper or a corked bat? I say Vaseline. Are you, are you
1: a proponent of the new tacky baseball that they're talking about? I have no idea about a new tacky baseball. Is that to help pitchers so they can't cheat? Right. Wow. No, Maybe.
0: I don't think. It's going to be experimented next year, possibly the next year it'll be implemented.
1: I, I, you know, I think I'm kind of getting annoyed by seeing them check them every single inning. I don't really like that. But I, do, I don't I do think pitchers should be able to cheat like they were in the past, right? I know they were saying it helped me not hit somebody, but yeah. just play the game the right way and figure out how to throw a fastball without cheating.
0: What's your favorite baseball moment of all time?
1: Favorite baseball moment of all time? Getting drafted when I was cleaning a pool. I had a pool cleaning business when I was in college. <laughs> Got the call. Um, and my parents, my dad passed away that year. My oh. mom passed away a couple years before. Oh. I had a baby on the way. Wow. Um, brother and sister living with me while I'm in like the whole nine yards. So it was, it was ecstatic. Yeah.
0: That's amazing. How, how was your experience in the minors?
1: I loved it, man. I was making no money, 1200 bucks a month before tax, uh, wow. family, which is definitely not enough. And they've made, they're making some strides <laughs> with minor league baseball. I see that they just said that MLB has to pay for all the housing now.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I saw that. Yep.
1: Yeah, which was cool. A lot of my buddies are still playing AAA. you know, wow. some of them are big leaguers now, but that's, uh, that's big. Uh, but, yeah, it was tough financially with a, a guy with the family of four. Um, oh. I loved playing, man. I got to see, you know, places in uh, Illinois that I wouldn't have played. Uh, places, that, I think it was like uh, Cedar Rapids, uh, Iowa that I played at. Played I would have never gone there. Yeah. Uh, I played in Oregon for a little while. Uh, in Eugene, we're at the University of Oregon's field when I was playing in the minor. Like different places I probably wouldn't have gone to, to – to, to, to uh just to go to be honest well and there's
0: communities in those minor league uh cities i mean it, they love they, it they, yeah. oh they love it
1: even in charleston man we got a minor league team here which i was telling you about and people wrap their arms around our our our, commu- our, our team because we're in the community
0: that's awesome uh sunflower seeds or chewing gum chewing gum interesting should uh, chewing tobacco be banned from major league baseball
1: I wouldn't say banned. Uh, I don't think that would ever happen. People would just keep, they would just fake it or they just keep using it. Um, but larger fines would stop so many people from doing it.
0: That's ah, so frustrating to watch. It's such a bad example. Can you give us your version of Harry Carey's seventh inning str- uh, stretch and sing, take me out to the ball game for everybody?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't, I can't do that, but i I will say, that uh, I've met Bill Murray tons of times. He's one of the wow. owners for the minor league team in Charleston where I live. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. He's, he's talking about a grade A guy when it comes to being an owner of a minor league baseball team. Wow. And I know he's, you know, he's cool with him. So I wanted to mention that.
0: Man, if I had a choice between Bill Murray or former, uh, is it, it was a defensive end for the Lions, right?
1: Robert Porchette. yeah, 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 yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. yeah. Man, that would be a tough call. If you asked me that question, if you if you flipped it around and asked me a rapid-fire question, who would I rather have on the show? Man, that's tough. I, I might lean to Bill Murray.
1: Yeah. I mean, Bill Murray's obviously you he's know, a legend. household
0: name. Oh, man. Yeah, he's big that's time. classic. He's big time. Uh, favorite baseball player of all time?
1: I'd say Barry Bonds, man. Barry Bonds, favorite baseball player of all time.
0: Man, when you're getting intentionally walked, I think that was the, the biggest sign of – uh, respect. It was how many times he got intentionally walked in <laughs> yeah, the weirdest scenarios the that you'll never through. see again.
1: Yeah. Yes. Face is yeah. loaded. <laughs> yeah. And they just did an E 60 on him. I did. There was an E 60 done on me and my, and my mom and my story, I think they just did an E 60 or 30 for 30 on him, which I thought was a great watch. You know, we, we saw the things, unfortunately that, uh, you know, we went from looking like everybody else to right. Getting pretty big. And it was pretty obvious that some things were going on, Yeah. Uh, but man, he was just a great, great baseball player. Oh, uh, I want to see him in the hall of fame.
0: Yeah. Likewise. Uh, is hot doggy. I'd I'd rather see him
1: before Pete Rose. I'd rather see him in the hall of fame before Pete Rose.
0: If You ask me. I'm trying to digest that for a second because one thing wasn't illegal during his play. And one was, so why, why, why that, why that answer?
1: I'd say this: I think Barry Bonds is the best baseball player of all time. If you ask me, the best baseball player of all time. I don't think Pete Rose is the best baseball player of all time. That's why.
0: So, but what's your response to to one was illegal internally and one was not? It was when he was a manager. Well, that we know
1: of. <laughs> well, you you answer that question, but. I'd just say because he's my favorite player of all time. It's probably, I the, got you. you know. what
0: well, um, was it because just it was a sign of the times and everybody was doing it? So everybody gets well, a pass kind of thing?
1: Was do- everybody was doing it. But he also was, you look at him, I think he had 500 home runs and 500 stolen bases. Yeah. You know, before any of that, I want to say. So, right. Um, just, he was unreal before, but, and he's my favorite player, man. So,
0: yeah, you know, I'm biased. Huh? I'm biased. What's harder, winning 25 games, stealing 100 bases, or hitting 20 triples in a season?
1: 20 triples, I'd say.
0: Man. The hardest. Is that
1: because of the design of the new stadiums compared to the old stadiums? Well, no, I think you know, most people don't ad- admire that and don't hustle out of the box anymore. It's like you kind of pimp it a little bit. But <laughs> 20, 20 triples would be, you're booking it.
0: You are booking it. Uh, pancakes, waffles, or French toast?
1: I'd say French toast.
0: Wow, have you ever had French toast with challah bread?
1: No, I haven't.
0: Bro, it's a Jewish like bread that's like thicker. You got you gotta you gotta try. It. So if you come out here, we're going to Crab Hut. You're in Dago. We're going to Crab Hut and we're going to uh, DZ Aikens. It's a Jewish like deli. And they got fire French toast.
1: Okay. All I right.
0: Deal. Jordan or LeBron? A couple more.
1: Uh, LeBron. My era. My era. So yeah. yeah.
0: Candy or popcorn at the movies? Candy. What's what, what, what candy?
1: I'm a big Reese's Reese's kind of guy.
0: Wow. Yeah. You like dark chocolate or no?
1: Ah, uh, sim- the special limited, whatever it's called.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so if you're in your car driving, what song
1: are you singing by yourself? Uh, if I'm in my car singing by myself, what would I be listening to? What genre? Uh, I'd say either some R&B mm. or some type of rap.
0: Interesting. Um, LL Cool J or Fat Boys?
1: I'll say LL.
0: KRS One or Big Daddy Kane?
1: KRS One.
0: Wow, Edutainment. Mm, that's interesting. Eminem or Jay Z? Jay Z.
1: Jay Z is my favorite rapper of all time.
0: I'd answer that question. Verlander or Scherzer? Scherzer. Wow. They're both Hall of Famers? Absolutely. Yeah. Roger or Pedro? Hmm. Got Pedro's uh, wind up and his delivery was so compact. Ugh.
1: That's a good one. You got me on that one. Now I can't answer that one. rapid fire right there. I'll say, <laughs> I'll, I'll say Pedro because I like watching him on uh, uh, baseball shows now. He's hilarious. Hey, yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's he's a trip.
0: Bob Gibson or Dwight Gooden?
1: Um, I'd say Bob Gibson.
0: Maddox or Clayton Kershaw? Maddox. Man, he could paint a plate.
1: Absolutely. Like
0: no one else. <laughs> Johnny Bench, Pudge, or Mike Piazza? Pudge. Wow, interesting. Eddie Murphy, Richard Pryor, or Dave Chappelle?
1: Eddie Murphy. Dave Chappelle Man. is close though.
0: Yeah. Did you, you agree with what he did?
1: um what do you mean by what he did is his stand up? well he just
0: yeah he just did a stand-up but people were you know saying that he should be canceled and all that stuff
1: yeah they were they were they were destroying him I saw that um I think his his reasoning behind it I think was good reasoning he was trying to say how black people have uh always been the I guess I think he was basically trying to say hey you can be black and not be heroed, right? But you can be gay or trans or whatever, and you'd be heroed before African-Americans is what he was trying to do. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, when you say anything like that, especially even in stand-up, you're going to get destroyed, and yeah. I was, it was sad to see that. He said a lot of people support him, though. Yeah, no, he does. At the he same does. time. yeah. Even, even Netflix still supports him, so, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Harder name to spell, Mark Teixeira or Tim Kirchen? Kirchin. I don't even know how to spell that. <laughs> K-U-R-K-J-I-A-N. Never. (laughs) Never. Never would have got it. Oh, man. If you could have any five people at your dinner table of all time in any realm, sports, non, who would be at your dinner table?
1: I want Gandhi. Mm. I want uh, my mom. I want Jesus. (laughs) Wow. I want um, Elon Musk. Interesting.
0: Wow. Wow. About Michelle that's Obama. Barack Obama. Oh, I said Michelle. You said Barack. Isn't that interesting? <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> that's Not cool. About. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, well, hey, it's it's uh, truly been an honor. I know you're busy. You said you're on the road <laughs> half the year, pretty much, and uh, being a dad. And, and how, how about your kids? How are they doing?
1: Good, man. One's ten weeks old, brand new.
0: Wow. One's four,
1: four years old. Wow, that's amazing! And how's your wife? Good, man. We just went to Legoland yesterday. Had some fun. <laughs> I love it. She's resting up right now.
0: That's cool. Well, anything else for the good of the cause? Um, uh, man, I just, I just love these conversations, and hopefully, people got some value out of it, and you know, uh, learn some things just about um how to be more empathetic and and uh, bridge these gaps, even if politically we're on different sides of the aisle. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, man, I'll say this. I think relationships will always supersede being politically correct. So if you have relationships, when I can ask a friend of mine, hey, what does keeping kosher even mean? Right. That means a lot. And so I don't say something that's idiotic or might get me canceled. I have a relationship that supersedes being PC. Um, In a world where that's always changing, you need to have those relationships. Otherwise, you may say something. And unfortunately, people don't know your character. So uh, they write you off because of it.
0: Well, your late mother and father taught you well, as well as your brother and your sister. Uh, Truly appreciate you coming on. Glad we worked it out and continued success. And I hope to see you with a seat at the table in a leadership position uh, in Major League Baseball, you know, similar to Ken Griffey Jr. And and others at that level, because that's, you know, what you deserve and uh, just the way you carry yourself is uh, because of your parents. So that's just an amazing testament to them. I want to get people's stories out there and it's a safe space as an anti-racist equality podcast. It's important to me to be an ally in any way that I can. And we're mobilizing and doing other things, you know, um, and with the NFL, I'm working with coach Jackson, former NFL head coach and doing some other things. We've helped people get off the streets who are homeless, former NBA players. So we're not just, you know, bringing people in and that's the end of it. So anything I can do to help you get the word out and in any way, let us know.
1: Thank you for the opportunity, brother.
0: All right, man, we'll keep in touch, and uh, I'm going to hold you to it, man. You're going to be my co-host for one of those two.
1: All right. I he, think, you know, Uncle, I call him Uncle Bob. Yeah. He'd be, uh, he'd be acceptable to do it. Bill Murray, he don't even have a cell phone. <laughs> so, dude, All right, go. much
0: love and respect. All right, talk to you soon. Take care. The real Chris Singleton, everyone, right there. I love yeah, it. That was fascinating. Sure. So uh, if you have any questions, always feel free to send us an email to thesportsdeli@gmail.com. at gmail.com and you can always DM me at Mike Hootner on Instagram or on TikTok and on Twitter at Michael Hootner. For Dr. J and Coach K, I'm Hootie Hoot, Black Lives Matter. We bet on women heavily here in the sports deli. Contact your local politicians for anything that you feel needs to be changed as well as your state politicians. Stop the Asian hate, stop the bullying, And until next time, remember, it takes a village. Much love, everybody. Peace.